0: Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and around the world, this is your host for the David Harris Jr. Show. David J. Harris Jr. here with the founder, creator, and CEO of MyPillow. I'm sure you recognize him. His commercials don't seem to stop (laughs) every single time I'm watching uh, network TV, especially Fox. And it's amazing to hear the Fox story in there, too. You get to see Mike Lindell share about uh, his pillow. But then to read his book. I mean, this book, folks, is uh, look at the you see that picture right there. You see that picture right there. And then you tilt it just a little bit and you get the smiling bright, full of life, joy, and love and happiness. That is Mike Lindell. This book from crack addict to CEO. This has to be, it is, it is one of the greatest and best books that I've ever read in my life. You know, the Bible is the best for me. So after that though, I can't admit, I can't think of too many other books where I laughed. Yeah where I cried,
1: where I said, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> you, know, was, you know, I, I, that makes me feel good. I, I've talked to so many people now from all walks of life that have read it and it's exactly what I wanted to be. I wanted it to be like, you'd read this great fiction book and then you go, wait a minute, this is real. Yeah, You know, like being inside, like living the emotions that I, you know, lived during, during that time of the ups and downs Yeah. And, so I was I why so it took seven well really my whole life I would keep stuff. One of the things people say, why why would you keep a, a Hardy's bag that's got uh, the mafia's going to kill me at the end of the <laughs> night with the for owing the money at a 20-year-old 20-year-old guy owing him money for football bets and they come to break my arms, you know, and I'm but they wrote on a Hardy's bag and I kept that. And all I would think during all those times is wow, this is going to be great for the book someday. Wow. You know, I would think that because and it, it would prove that, you know, that it really happened.
0: Yeah. You know, well, it is. And that was something so brilliant about the book as well as the pictures that you've got in there yeah. from so, so, from so many different stories right. that you share and talk about to then have the pictures that are back it up back from it throwing up. the napkins and the right. ceiling fan,
1: <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Well, it's yeah. just, it's you know, amazing. I would, I would wake up and, you know, in Las Vegas, let's say I'd be, you know, I was a card counter, but i Wake up in there on a 24-hour bender that also wake up. I'm in Las Vegas and I'm I'm in a travel lodge and I go, God, please just make make this a dream. And I open up and circus circus is flashing. And I'm going, well, I just will keep the receipt from this place so I can prove someday that it really happened. You know, I mean, I would do that. You know, for they have the foresight. You know, I think God kept, you know, had me keep all these things because it really makes it prove, you know, like running into that tree. You know, I yeah. see myself outside there and they, there's no way I could have got out of the truck or fallen asleep on a motorcycle going skydiving. And then my parachute doesn't open. You know, how many how many <laughs> near death experiences did you did you have? Fourteen that, that we've counted. And, and I didn't count some that were like, you know, accidents or something. I counted things like, you know, parachute not opening a. A motorcycle accident. Yeah, most people
0: don't survive
1: car, that. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Your parachute
0: doesn't open. You know, most car, people don't you know, survive that.
1: Right, right. <laughs> a car, uh, really bad accident, We hit on with a tree when I was uh, 17 or 16, and then uh, get electrocuted and blew up a half a grid in Victoria, Minnesota, taking, a, taking an air conditioning unit off the roof with a crane. And uh, my buddies inside. Goes, look at the cranes on fire. Look at Mike's on fire. We hit the high wires with the crane. I pulled over the wire and oh, and it blew up half the grid in the town. The banks, the banks, going all their computers are going. Poop. They go, what's Mike doing now? do <laughs> 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 they do it? <laughs> with you, it's got to be they Mike. Wrote, they, the 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 am Everybody gets there. The fire department and the four by fours. I was standing on on top of that burst into flames, and the outriggers of the crane blew five foot holes into the tar. They heard sonic booms five miles away. Now I, you know, I couldn't, now I get there, Man. I get, they, they get there and the guy goes, you're not alive. And the guy in the crane, he goes, you're not, his name was Gary, Gary Dungy. And he says, you're not alive. You're this is impossible. And now I, he looks at my feet, my feet aren't burned. My hands aren't burned. Wow. The wire on the crane is all melted. You know, electricity does crazy things, yeah, but, oh yeah. but I took, he says, you need to go to the hospital. I said, no, I'm bringing my kids. We are going to a amusement park in Wisconsin. I didn't even back then, you know, I was a drug addict and I didn't yeah. even bring any drugs i was riding them little cars going
0: (laughs) (laughs) for for two weeks (laughs) oh
1: my god you know it took a while for that to wear off you know
0: well the uh the book is a is a wild roller coaster i kept thinking as well because i still want to write a book about my life Mm -hmm. i haven't done that yet right right. but i just kept thinking i was thanking god that you had the ability to remember in such
1: detail detail yeah
0: so many of these stories it's like it, it is like the reader. I was, it's like, I was there, right, right? It's like, I was, I was watching it happen. You can feel the emotion behind it. And it's just, it's brilliantly written and it's gotta be, I mean, from a, for a story of overcoming seemingly impossible odds, mm-hmm. having so many obstacles thrown your way and battling addiction the whole time, and then giving birth to this, my pillow company. Right. And just from the gambling to all of it, just, you know,
1: it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It, for me, As I was living it, and you know, then... You know, I look back and I would tell, you know, I would tell my friends all the time. I'd say, you know, some, we'd be out after the bar closed and, you know, I had a bar for 13 years, not a good place for an addict, right? <laughs> and, uh, not really? <laughs> but we became like a big family and they, we, after the bars would close, I would tell my friends, you know, we got to quit this. I said, some, you know, we'd be all doing lines of cocaine and stuff. I said, we got to quit this. And I'd be telling them about end times of revelation in the Bible that I read about in jail, you know, and they're going, wow. and they'd quit that day and find Jesus. I go, what did I say? I'm losing friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my other beds are going, we quit saying stuff at night. They're all quitting on us, you know? And, but I was, it was me trying to convince myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when that switched to crack in the early two thousands, that took me down fast, but, but there was still this parallel railroad track where, you know, when I lost the bar or I actually had to sell it. And then I put everything into inventing this pillow. And, but then I was turned down everywhere, right out of the gate. Yeah. I actually went in a bed bathroom beyond in Bloomington, Minnesota. And I walked in there and I, I finally had this pillow. Me and my son had tore foam every day after school, and there's stuff flying around the neighborhood. And, and uh, my kids are going, you know, when's he going to get over this? And he says, it's just a phase. It'll pass, you know. I finally had the pillow. I walk in the bed, bathroom, beyond. I said, where's your manager? I didn't, you know, who? how many do you want? You know, he's a yeah. guy. And they, they call this guy, comes out, because I want to leave. I said, I want to talk to him. He comes out. He goes, you need this pill? It's the best pillow ever. And he, he goes, you need to leave now. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. like, He's like, that's
0: not how it's, done. Yeah, that's not how it's done. We have one buyer and you don't get to see <laughs> him. You know? The entrepreneurial spirit that you have, the drive that you have, I, I really think it's going to speak to you, everybody listening, watching right now that has ever had a dream. And then to even think that, you know, or, or have to experience your own family and friends
1: thinking you're crazy. Yeah. Thinking it's a phase. Oh yeah. They said it's a phase. They said, I, it was so many naysayers. They they been make jokes about it, you know. Going, Mike Mike's going to invent a pill, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really lost it now, you know. Yeah. I'm Who's it? laughing now? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know. I, you know. So Every time they see one of your commercials, commercials. So, yeah, <laughs> they're going all gah! the ones. You know, and then what? Well, there was you no. Know, there was the big group that didn't believe, and then the. Uh, and then there was ones that, you know, once I did at least in Bennett, then it was the betrayal of them trying to ever just steal that dream. Yeah, But yeah, it's those right now, you know, and I've forgiven them all. It was, see, that's one thing I have is a lot of forgiveness. I forgive. And uh, one guy, that, one couple that betrayed me, they, uh I broke bread with them and they would, took everything and they part of taking everything. And I, three times I asked them to come back. It's going to be the biggest thing ever. God gave me this wow. dream. I actually seen the one person, uh, four years later, four years, about three, or four years ago now. And I couldn't remember, you know, her and I'm going, wait, you know, it was just a sadness. And I go, remember, wow, that was his wife. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so bad for him because their other guy had took it from them, this other company, you know, it's like, they make bad decisions based off greed, you know, you know, I see it all around me. I say, you know, I was in the book, I was in a, I don't know if that made the cut. I'll tell it now if it was, but I was in a, a Milwaukee, Held, you know, held by gunpoint and uh, I had my truck was gone and uh, I was in the worst part of Milwaukee in the hood. And the, uh, my truck had been pawned. I pointed up my ring and all this stuff that I was going to get it all back, but I was so cracked up. I couldn't, I couldn't move. I had to wait for the crack to wear off to think my way out of this. And I get all the way up. It's like a country song. I get everything back that day in reverse, you know, yeah. and the next day I'm eating with these three millionaires and, and each one of them pulled me away from the table and said, Whatever you do, don't tell them you don't have any money, and then the next one pull me away, whatever you do, don't tell me. I felt safer with those guns than I did with these three because they were wow. trying to carve up my what I had done, you know wow, and they uh so it just you know you know there's there's uh, like I say with addiction, addiction affects everyone no matter how many forks you eat with yeah, but there's just doesn't just because you're uh Some big multimillionaire. There's as bad up there as there is down here. I felt safer though with the gun thing because I knew where they were coming from. All the wounds and stuff, you know, all they were, you know, they're out of you know desperation. These guys were out of pure greed and evil, you know. You know, it's a difference. But but yeah, I think back to some of them stories, and that was that one in the book. I think that was. Yeah, yeah. I remember.
0: I remember one of the stories that stands out was when your trailer fell off the back of your truck. Oh yeah, my my. (laughs) You got to tell that one. Yeah,
1: I felt my truck topper fell off. That's. That's actually one of my favorites. They, uh, I was in Kansas City and my buddy said, Wayne Hill, he's in the book, he said, Mike, whatever you do, don't get lost when you leave the casino. He said about four or five miles from there is one of the worst places in the United States. You know, the cops don't even go in there. Well, I lost my money at the casino instead of card counting. I would play craps, lost it all. I had six dollars left. Six one dollar bills. I'll never forget it. And just out of spite, I stuck a beer under my arm and you know, stuck out of the casino. And I get to my truck and I did a line of cocaine and and I wasn't paying attention. We didn't have GPS and you know, and yeah. uh, I get lost. And all of a sudden, my truck is going. The, the road's getting narrow, and I'm looking. I'm going. I know bad parts of town when I see it, right? Where there's, and the road's narrow, there's no street lights in. All of a sudden, boom, and my topper on my pickup fell into the street. And I was so upset because I drove down, I lost everything. It was probably every time, a lot of times that's all the money i had left in the world. And I get out of the truck, and two guys come down out of the woods there, and uh, the trees were hanging over the, I'll never forget, hanging over the street. He pulls a gun, and I just flipped out. I just went crazy. <laughs> Put that gun away. You're going to help. My rage came out. I had this rage inside me, and I just took it out on these two guys, and they didn't say that a That are word. walking up to you with a gun. Oh, yeah. He, they come walking up. I flipped out. And I said, "You're going to grab, and you're going to help me put this topper on." And I got six dollars; you can split it. And I got cocaine; you can have whatever you wanted. That we can do that. But you're going to help me first. And they they both lifted that in, and I got inside. We lifted up, put it on, and they start walking away, shaking their heads. And I I felt bad then. And I'm going, "You guys, I'm good for my word. Come back here." I go, "Come <laughs> I back <got> here." I got six dollars. <laughs> and I go, and I go, "You guys, I got some cocaine." I mean, I I felt bad. I really yelled at him. You know, I didn't even think of the gun. You wow. know, and now I. Drive about two blocks or three blocks, and I just hand tighten them. And it was an old sign hanging down, an old red light. And me and this other cop sitting there parked or standing right there by the stop sign, and I'm by the other stop sign. You could, you know, there's nothing that up there. And he gets out of his vehicle, out of his squad car, comes over to my window, and he looks, he had seen my Minnesota plates, and he goes, what are you doing on my cocaine's on the seat? I got a, a license only good in 49 States. It was, it wasn't good in Minnesota, but I was in Kansas. So I, it was an Iowa license. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, do you know what he goes, do you know where you're at? And I go, I go, no. And he goes, we don't even go in there. He goes, what are you doing? And I go, well, I'm going, I'm I'm lost. I'm going 35 North to mini or to Minnesota. He goes, you're about four miles off course. And he says, you went in there. I said, "Yeah, two nice guys, two nice black guys just helped me put my topper on in there." And he went like this. He looks at me, he goes, "What?" And he goes what i go no and i said yeah my c clamp spoke two nice guys came down and helped me and put my put it on there so then we drove he led me to the he goes i'll bring you to the truck stop when we get to the truck stop well i've not been down this road before and i need i need a gas money right so I, they're not going to take an out of state check but with when you're with a comp it kind of validates who yeah. you are oh, right yeah for sure and he had never looked at my license or anything yet so i filled up the tank goes mike i'll go in and get the c clamps and to, see if they got c clamps and i told him my name you know, I've been up for three days, you know, oh, and goodness. he, anyway, we put the the cop helps, me put the clamps on, I grab some food, I write a check to the lady and she says, no, no checks, you know, and she takes it. Cause she goes, you were where?" you know, she couldn't believe the story. I jumped back in the car. The cop said goodbye. He helped me put it on. He had it down the road. I go, wow, this, will, that's a weird half hour. This will make the book. And that's how I would think, you
0: know? Well, when I was reading your book, I was not only thinking about what you were going through. But I was thinking about how good God is that even in the middle of you choosing to do things your own way, Mm -hmm. drenched in sin, you know, you're, you're, you're drinking, you're doing lines of cocaine. You're, I mean, even like when the, when the, the ladies, the people were calling you that one night and they were calling you out of the blue. And you're listening to them pray right. as you're doing lines yeah, of
1: and coke. Them and doing lines of cocaine. You know, going, okay. I'm praying with you.
0: I just I kept thinking about for anybody listening out there that may, maybe thinks that your kids are are lost or they're too far gone or is there any hope for them? There's hope. Right, <laughs> there is absolutely hope, and they don't. And they're probably not as bad as Mike was. <laughs> That's I hope. You know, I mean, with this, with my, book, you I got people hope. praying for you, right? Yeah. And you're putting it on mute, so you can hit, you can do lines Uh, of code. What what happened while they're praying for you? Right. What
1: happened was this was in 2008. This I stayed up for 14 days after this incident. I'm I'd already lost a house, and I'm I'm about to lose this one, and I'm all by myself out in this wooded, this four acres wooded, and and I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm watching. I'm actually on the online. Look, it was called The Devil's Candy. It was, a, it was a, a website to get you off crack cocaine. This guy fell on wow. Jesus. and I'd, I'd go to that every night. And look at that, you know. Mm. And uh, so I was in there, but I was doing stuff too at work and, or, or trying to do work, whatever, in the... All of a sudden the phone rang. I'd been on this little public access station, you know, in Minneapolis before and this nice Christian lady would would rerun it, you know, it was just, yeah. and said, uh, And the people that seen it, it was a terrible interview. Cause I the that my friends that said, uh the people that didn't know me said, What were you on drugs or something? And the ones that said that seen that knew I was, you know, knew me said, You didn't have any drugs, did you? And I didn't. So I was all nervous, you know. Oh, I was goodness. all nervous. Well, anyway, this the phone rings and this lady goes, you know, are you that guy I've seen on on channel six? And she I said, Yeah. And she said, well, I don't want to buy a pillow. I want to pray with you. Mm. And I go, okay. And I, so I'm going, so she starts praying and I mute her and I'm doing lines of cocaine. And she was about a half hour later, she gets done praying. And, and I said, thanks. And goodbye. And about an hour later, another lady calls up and she says, this one, all, I know these people, and now. these
0: people, th- th- these yeah. calls like this weren't normal,
1: never, never in the history. I would never get calls for pillows. This was just a fluke that I even got two calls in the same day for that even had seen me on that little stage that ran three years earlier, two years earlier. Wow. And then this lady, another lady calls, she goes, yeah, she says, I don't want to get, are you that guy on TV? Blah, blah, blah. And same story. She goes, God's call. You have a big calling and and I'm God's trying to call and pray for you. Is that okay? And I said, sure. And so she prayed for two hours, man. You know, and, man. and I'm, and I'm, I didn't mute her as much. Cause I, you know, it was, I was getting into the prayer and, yeah. and then all of a sudden three in the morning, I get another call. I'm still up. This guy calls up and he goes, are hey, you that guy on TV? Oh, I love and he goes, part. he, I go, yeah. And I go, you got to realize this thing never airs. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, he says, I don't believe in God. And he goes, I keep getting these dreams. I'm supposed to call you and say, what you're doing is important to God. I hope my dreams stop. Now you blankety, blank, blank. <laughs> and he slams the phone out. And at eight in the morning, this last one called and she calls up and she goes, I don't, I asked the phone, I said, um, you don't want to buy a pillow. You want to pray. And she goes, how did you know? I said, oh, it seems to gosh. be, it seems to be the thing. <laughs> but they, but that's when God has your number. Yeah, uh, And that started the 14 days. I didn't go to bed. I had a warrant out for my rest. I hit, we hit out downtown Minneapolis and I come out of the room and all three of the biggest dealers are there and they go, "Yeah." I go, what are you guys doing? They go, you've been up for 14 days. You're going to bed. And when I said, "How much crack you got left?" I had a few rocks left, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not arguing. I mean, if anything, I said I've only been up twelve, you know, and yeah. whatever. And they, and two of them leave, and the other one, I'm, you know, I got, I probably had two or three rocks left, so I wasn't worried yet. Yeah. Well, now I ran out, and I'm farming on the floor and looking for pieces, and farming. and uh, and he's sitting in the chair, and I look over, and he finally fell asleep, and it's two thirty in the morning, and I head down to. The streets and I'm telling you, you thought you were going to get, I, you thought easy. you were going to get lucky oh, and score some. yeah,
0: absolutely. Them. I I went out and did that area know you? I mean, oh, was yeah. it well, they were used to no, you no, getting they, stuff? No, they
1: they weren't used to me getting stuff there. I mean, they because I'd bring it, you know, bring it upstairs, you know. Yeah. So so, but so it was easy for him to get the word out. The one guy he's been interviewed for the book, he says, "Oh, it was easy." I went down and said, "You see that crazy guy with a mustache? Huh? That white guy with a mustache?" He said, "Don't tell me, we'll kill you." And so they put so, the threat so- out in the street. So now I come back up. I, I mean, I went out about a quarter mile ring. I couldn't buy. I couldn't get it. You know, your your crack dealers cut you off. It was. And I said to him, I said, what is this, an intervention? What they go, call it whatever you want, Mike. Now I came back upstairs and I'll never forget these words. He comes. He stood. He's sitting up for me. He goes, give me that phone. He says, and he, this is the picture he took bad one there. Wow. And He said, I'm going to take a picture. You're going to need it for that. Cause I would always tell you that's, that's, that's the picture. He goes, you're going to need that for that book you've been telling us about. And here's what he said. He goes, he goes, man, you've been telling us for years that this pillow thing is just a platform for God. And you're going to come back some year someday. And when you quit and help us all out of this addiction world, we're living in, and we're not going to let you die on us. And it kind of, and that hit yeah, me, yeah. and that hit me hard. There, when he said that, I'm going, "Wow, these guys care that they, that I live," you know. And they, because I would tell them that all the time. I go every if you talk to a, a hundred of my friends, it, whether it was downtown and that where I, where I stayed downtown Minneapolis, or yeah. where I stayed out in Chask, Minnesota, wherever it was, every one of them was told that I want to quit sometime, and I have a calling. It's going to be so big and help so many people, and they wow. believed it. It was their hope,
0: you know. So many amazing stories. I don't want you to. I don't want you to spoil too much of them because I want every <laughs> single person to get this book to support Mike. I, I had I had encounters myself reading this book. I mean, I had so many amazing, special moments with God when just reading some of the things that he went through. It reminded me of times and things in my life. That I'd gone through that I'd forgotten about where God was there to save me, where he protected me, where he gave me grace, which is unmerited favor. You didn't do anything to deserve it. God is just
1: so good that he he wants to save and bless and reach his kids. So, you know, I want to say something too, is one of the things you all find interesting is, you know, God chased me all those times and protected me. It was like, and when I was, when I went to write this book, this book has been seven years in the writing. Okay. Now you all see me with my cross on TV and I used to wear my cross, you know, I, Cross even well before I was ever on TV, right? No, in, you know when I was an addict, in you know before that, I wore I was worn on the outside of my shirt. Well, I'd have people calling me up, and they would be you know with non-believers and stuff, and they'd call me up. No, I wasn't saved yet, and they'd start in on me about wearing this cross. And I'd go, you know, you, and I would start telling about end times and all this stuff, you know, same thing I did to my friends and they'd find, find Jesus. And I'd go there take that, you know, and I <laughs> and I keep going. But when I was writing this book, I had a guy helping me in 2015. One of the guys helped me then he, he helped me a little bit. We had all the stories laid out on the table, hundreds of them. I mean, piles like, and he said to me, I said, I don't know what to leave in or what to leave out. And he goes, Mike, he goes he grabs one story to uh, December 1987, pulls it out, and he and he starts reading it or you know, reading that section. He goes, the normal person would surrender to Jesus on the spot there. And that was yeah. 1987. And wow. he goes, Maybe all these things happen to you so that you're gonna get to a full surrender, and mm-hmm. then you'll be able to go out and help other people. Yeah. Well, that actually can, you know, what y'all listen to is because you're gonna read this part in the book. I'm not gonna ruin it all, but. I didn't get saved till Je- February 18, 2017. Yeah. Full surrender. So that's amazing. That uh, you and know, that's an amazing story. Yeah, and that's yeah, in the book yeah, of what that's happened. That's in the book, all the things that happened. I mean, I've there are things I felt like Forrest Gump, you know, different things. You know, I'll just tell one piece, the piece, well, y'all know I've been, you know, got to be friends with the president. But when he when I first met him was in 2016, the summer. That's mm-hmm. a divine appointment. You'll read about that in the book, but but all of a sudden, he invites me to the White House to, for this manufacturing summit. And I'm all nervous. I can hardly talk to people, right? And I go, who's sitting here? They said, the president's sitting here. And I sit down. And sitting oh,
0: next to the president. Yeah,
1: and they're sitting. And there's a picture of me and the president looking straight on the cameras. And all my friends are going, what's this ex crackhead doing on TV with the president? He goes, this can only be Jesus. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and it was like these things that God has a calling for all of us. Yes. and For me, for for me, you know, when I, I, yeah, when I quit on January 16th, you also, you can even look this up as I've told us so many times, but on January 16th, 2009, I knew that day. Now that's when I quit all my addictions, right? Well, that day that I quit. I sat there, and I knew one more day. Now, was it my bottom? Well, I made sure I didn't have any money, so it'd be the greatest comeback ever to show with God, all things are possible. I, I did that, and I made sure of that. I mean, you know, someone would look back and bear, but well, you had a dollar left, you know. Right. I made sure I had nothing. Wow. But I knew if I went one more day, there's two things. I think the way I put it in the book. I used to work at a drive-in movie theater. We had a second feature and then a third feature. Well, this was the first feature of my life, and I knew that next day there'd be two two movies to choose from for the Mm. second feature. Mm. A, which would be my calling. Mm. B would be whatever that, whatever it would go to, because I was losing that on January 16th. If I waited one more day, I didn't get that choice anymore. Wow. A was going to be gone. My sister would always say to me, you know, you can't keep standing in front of semis. God's got a big calling for you. I was using that against God going, okay, you got all this big stuff for me going on that sounds really horrible. I'm going to have not have my drugs and I'm going to, you know what I mean? I kind of knew this stuff and it scared me a little bit going so I could procrastinate, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, if God's got all this stuff for me, then it doesn't matter when I maybe give it up or when I start, when I get started because Hey, God's God's got me. I really, I really feel like there's gonna be a lot of people that watch this, that are watching this, that have been battling their own internal Debate right. On just surrendering to God. Right. I think that there's a lot of people that are even realizing as they're watching this, how many times God has protected them. He's shielded them. He's kept them on the right direction. He's kept them alive. He's kept them out of jail, maybe, or, or from getting massive felonies that would have right. put them in jail for a long time. And I really want to say to you, if you're watching this, what God did in Mike's life is what God will do in your life. When you choose to surrender, when you're hearing Mike share of all the times when he probably should have just surrendered, right. but he didn't, but it came to a point where you knew right. that if you didn't surrender,
1: right. and would have been right and that wasn't a full surrender that day. Now here's what happened. I look at my life, you know, that's what, hence the thing. What are the odds? That's the name of my yeah. Book. What, what are, are the, the odds? odds? If you look at your own life, I would look at my life, and go, what are the odds that this happened? Oh, one in a million. What yeah. are the odds this? One in a billion? Well, this is impossible. And then you add them together. When in your own life do you consider it a miracle? You know, you got it. You got, I use mathematics to prove that Jesus, it was real, you know? And back then I'm going, okay, show me more. I was a guy, okay, show me more, show me more. Well, anyway, that day I woke up the next morning and the desire was gone. I said, if I'm going to do this platform, I want the desire to be gone. Mm -hmm. Now the desire was gone. I've never, ever, I could you could have put me in a crack house that first day, and I'm not kidding. Okay, I, I, I the desire was gone, and um, you just that was just you praying uh, and
0: asking God to take to, the to desire take the away. Desire away.
1: Yeah. Now, two months later, I actually thought, you know, I felt compelled to go to our faith based treatment center from our church. It was called Living Free, and I walked in there and I told that counselor the you know. The first day I'm going and I felt I'm going to learn something because I've been in secular treatment centers through the 80s. Like yeah. I could have ran them, you know, right. you want me to be real good. I, would, I would watch him out of here in 28 days. You know, <laughs> I mean, I could I've forgotten more about addiction. Than those counselors knew because they bring in some that hadn't been through it. Yeah. You know, that's the problem nowadays. You know, who do you want to be in a counselor? Someone that got four year college degree or some and never did any drugs or had never been addicted, never been addicted. I don't care what it is, porn, gambling, addiction, sex, whatever. Yeah. You know. If they haven't been through that and then and, and then found Jesus and found and you know got set free of it, that's the person I want to talk to, right? Yes. So anyway, the two, uh, just two months go by and I go into this the first night in that treatment center, I get in there and, and he, I start telling them about, oh man, I did, you know, how much I, I be all grandiose, telling about all my stuff I did and how much I did. And They go, oh, we don't care what you did, we don't care what, we don't even care about any of that. We, we uh, that, tell me about your father. Mm. And I'm going, what do you mean? My sister said it will be something to do with the divorce. I said, what are you talking about? I have nothing to do with the divorce. Well, my family divorced when I was seven years old. Divorces weren't common in 1969, mm-hmm. you know. And it showed me, they started learning there, you know, these wounds, these father wounds and stuff that comes from childhood. And the seeds were planted that day in those in that whatever month that I went there. That Now, did I come out of there at full surrender? No, but I planted seeds of why it was an attic in the first place. Right. And as time as it manifested into uh, to that February 18, 2017, you know, when I went in there, I was basically now I went back and got them replaced and got my heart restored and did that full surrender to Jesus. Yes. And but so many things had to happen between now and then. I was very blessed that all these miracles that happened to me because God kept showing me things like this is impossible you know and, and he's made it me, real to but you He's made it real. Yeah, and all this, he, uh, he
0: made it real to you. There's a uh, statement in here. I've got it in my phone, but I'm on my phone, so there's and you may remember exactly what you said, you said, there's nothing like knowing that you're right in God's will, knowing that you're right where He wants you to be." I think right. that's pretty much right. what you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is that, what does that what does that feel like from it from feels, coming through what you've been through?
1: You know, you know, here's for my calling and to know I'm on the right path. You know, I look at Proverbs 3, 5, 6, you know. One of my favorite verses. It's an anchor. Lead on to your not to your own understanding in and always, always acknowledge him. And he, and he will guide your it path. It yeah, yeah, guide your path. That's a
0: promise, too, that's by the way.
1: Proverbs three, five is and, a promise to you. And let me tell you that. He would show me I, when I got when I did a full surrender on February 18, 2017, a few months later, here's a guy that couldn't talk. And I'm speaking at U.S. Bank Stadium where the Super Bowl had just been in Minnesota. And and there's 50,000 millennials there. And I'm up there and I'm scared to death and I'm getting interviewed for five minutes. And then all of a sudden I had to lead him in a minute prayer. Wow. And I didn't you know, I didn't know how to pray. And I, I don't even know what came out of my mouth. Right. Well, it ends, and there was Christian Banzer, This there was a big event, it was a Pulse event with uh, Nick Hall, and anyway, two weeks later, my, my girl, or my, my daughter, I mean my uh, granddaughter, she's like seven, seven years old at the time, and we're at this amusement park, Valley Fair in Minnesota. And all these millennials that were at that event kept coming up and droves going, and they're they're going, you you know, your story, it gave me hope, it saved me, I found Jesus, and, and all these things. And what that made me, I'm on the right path then. It was God confirming to me you know, until my granddaughter said, um, he's my grandpa. We need to go on rides. And <laughs> 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 I have my grandpa back? My grandpa. <laughs> but that just the feeling that I'm on the right path and to be able to go out and speak out now for Jesus, like I used to a pillow, yeah. you know, people come up, they'll, I'll do events and they'll go, oh, you can give away, you know, pillows are, you know, we we'll tell them about your pillow. I go, I don't want it to be about the pillow. It's about Jesus. Yeah, My whole thing, The pillow was just a foundation. That was a platform, right. a platform of notoriety. So now where people can, you know, I can go out and just point it to wherever I want, whatever God's, you know, what we're going through now for me to be a part of the greatest. I want to tell you all something out there. Anyone addiction, addiction is some of the hardest work in history that you'll ever go through. Any addict out there. It is so hard work. People, it's hard work. People ask me all the time, Mike, how do you work so hard? I go, I love what I'm doing. Addiction was hard work. And I'll tell you, we're in. The greatest revival in history. I was with a guy, and I love telling this story. It's a billionaire guy, and we were out um, we were out elk hunting. This is about four or five months ago. It's his land. I'd never been elk hunting before. The other two guys see 157 elk. Now, you got to be real quiet in this stand, right? And, yeah. And him and I there. Well, we didn't see any. So um, it finally, it's like God kept him away. It's impossible. He said, it's never happened before. Wow. Well, finally, he broke the ice, and he says, you know what? I just want to talk to you. He says, Mike, he says, to get our country... And to get people back to God, back to Jesus, they took it out of the schools and everything else to get back to where we were. He says, it's going to take something bad, like the great depression. And I just instantly, I looked over him. I said, no, I said, the great depression, they had God and they were praying for food and stuff. I said, we have something better. We have addiction. Mm -hmm. Who's looking for hope? Yeah. More than addicts or their families and their families. Yeah. And their families. We have the opportunity and history for the greatest revival in modern history in any in world times. How many people in America do you think are, are addicted? How many are affected by addicted? Every single one of them affected by addiction. That's a everyone, great way to put it. Every, everyone. Every I don't care who you are. You know of somebody now yeah. that's either dying, you know of somebody. And we're not too, and we're talking a broad spectrum of addiction. We're talking whether it's overeating, whether it's sex, whether it's porn, gambling, meth, crack, cocaine. Pot, uh, opiates, yeah, yeah. opiates, heroin. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're to, but they do. Addiction is not a disease. Addiction is comes from wounds from childhood. Look at veterans that get traumatized the post-traumatic stress. Yeah. They had wounds when they were a child. They just got magnified when you got these later traumas. That, right. And people... You need Jesus for that foundation, so yeah. you have something there. You go through secular treatment centers; they go, "Oh, you spent all your money, or hurt your kids, your your family. You know they don't like you anymore. You don't look what you did. You know you could be. You know they shame you. Yeah. You feel worse than when you went in. and Now you don't have your drugs. Yeah. You go. I mean, That's not. That, you know, you go to a faith based your teen challenge, your Salvation Army Union Gospel. You go to them. And you're getting your heart, you're restored. You're finding out why you were an addict in the first place. You right. know, we were just talking about that. Yeah. You go back in time, you find those wounds. Yes. And you address them. Yeah. And you and Jesus was right there. Yeah. And, you know, he was with you the whole time. It's Some, some of those things you look in. For me, that's where my recovery network, my Lindell recovery network. That's, that's where, where I, I want That's right? my
0: next question is tell us about. The Lindell recovery yeah. network
1: the approach, by the way, the proceeds for my book, I, I even I even bought the paper. I self-published. I didn't want to give any money to middlemen. I, so you know good. you know how much a book out of a book, you know what you get nowadays? The author gets peanuts. Yeah. And I said, I am buying I inhabit it, I'm going to bring it right to the public. I'm going I go to the box and I said, here's what you're going to get. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. You know, (laughs) I'm telling you, this is what the money (laughs) is going. The money is going to my recovery network. And here's what it is. You're going to have this when this comes out, this is going to be a platform and you're going to and it's going to have all these videos hundreds of them and get on there'll be like a tour guide and it's going to have not people's bottoms you're going to put in your age and your addiction like let's say 20 year old opiate addict yeah. they might not relate to a 50 year old meth addict right right, right. so you're going to put in your age i'll be the tourist say hey you guys put in your age and your addiction so i'll do i'll do the first one so i put in 50 year old eight year old crack addict right and all of a sudden, all these videos are two, about two minutes long. They're not about people's bottoms. They're people that have been set free. And what they're doing is just what they didn't like about the drug. Mm. So I'm going to do one for you if you're out there. I'll do a crack addict one. I'm going to say what I didn't like about you. Just say what you didn't like about the drug. What I didn't like about crack was I didn't like the paranoia, tweaking, peeking out windows. Mm. I didn't like running out and not having any shore boy and having to cut up electrical cord for the filter. I didn't like running out and going all over the carpet. We called it farming. Or pieces, and, and I didn't like uh run on a baking stone and trying to use something else. It doesn't work, and you wreck your cocaine. I mean, there's so many. No, I just. Going to said,
0: going into AM, Pm at 2, at 3 in the morning yeah, to get think, some charb right, oil and, yeah, yeah, to, and, and, and to get a tire gauge. Right, and, and, yeah,
1: tire gauge, the tire test. So you got, you, t- you take it out, pull the ends off it on yeah. the back of the truck, oh, yeah. you know? And get the spring out, and they, then they had, or you, or you got to go get a spoon from a restaurant, you know, or something to go get it because you get something, or you try a pop can, it ruins it. I mean, what I just said, unless you're a crack addict, you have no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. But every single, you're going to look at all these videos and they're all going to be the same. What you didn't like about the drug, if I was meth, what I didn't like about meth was going in. You know, I didn't, it wasn't meth, but I've took up of these videos. Now, one of the, one they all say is I didn't like going in a grocery store, or a convenience store and opening up tinfoil, i tearing off just a piece and having you know, thinking it's not stealing.
0: Yeah. For all of you out there that have ever bought tinfoil and gotten it home and it was missing a corner.
1: Yeah. A meth head, a meth head. Uh, took yeah, that corner. That's exactly right. But anyway, All these things, my, uh, you know, heroin addict, I didn't like, you know, picking off the, uh, the, as I'm driving, looking for a brown speck, whatever. But now the addicts, you know, and this could be porn too, which isn't sex addiction. They're two different things or gambling, whatever that is. You're going to see all these videos. Everyone's like a commercial. That person's been set free. That's the, Mm. that's the solution, but you don't know where it is. So you're going, it just ends and you're going, what's going on here? Right. And then I'm going to come on. That's actually really good for addicts, right? Hook them a little bit. They want more. They want more. What do I get more? more? How do I get the help? That's what they're all going to say. How do I get to be just like them? They're going to want it so bad. I have thousands of these. And then I'm going to say, you know what? You need to get an access code to this site. Inside here is the best help in history. This is God gave me this download. It's never been done in history. It's gonna be the best help, not for tens of thousands, for millions are gonna yes. be helped. Yes. And it's gonna employ tens of thousands of ex addicts. Mm. So this is it. That's as much as I'm gonna tell about it. And when you and you're gonna you're gonna have to go get access codes, we'll tell you all about it. When it comes out, I'll come back on your show. When this right. launches, it is going to just whoosh, this isn't a thing. We, I was with the guy when we were doing my board says, you know, we can help 4,000 addicts a year. I said, what? This is God's plan. We're yeah. going to help millions right now. You think when I invented my, my pillow, I'll tell you how I scale. When I did my first infomercial, they said it couldn't be done. And I couldn't talk to very good anyway in public at all. And we came into film and just a friend of mine and an audience and, and, the, and this producer came in from California and and I was doing my reads and he texts the other guy I said, this is the worst guy I've ever seen in history. He'll never make it on TV. This is a this is a joke. He said, he's paying you. Just go with it. You know, and anyway, it aired October 7th, 2011. I was living in my sister's basement with no money, wow. nothing left in the world. And, and when that aired, I had like 10 employees and 40 days later, I had 500. It just exploded. Amazing. So when God does something, he does it bigger. go home. So God gave you the download. God from gave you the pillow, download from my pillow. God gave you the download for the Lindell recovery. Absolutely. Christ. Every part of it. And wow. it's going to be a, such the wow. most amazing thing. It'll be the best help in history. And I mean, we need it. came from God. Our country you know, needs and it we so need bad. It, absolutely. Yeah. You're going to see all these hope matches. I want to tell you something out there. This is part of it. In my book, in December of 2008, a month before I quit, my friend came to me and I realized I'd been in treatment centers and jails and it didn't matter. Nothing was going on working. And my friend came to me. He had been straight for four years. His name was Dick, Dick Van Sloan. And I'm sitting there all, I think in the book, I say here, he beamed in like Star Trek. You know, all of a sudden he just showed up. I heard he'd been, been gone for four years. I hadn't seen him. And I heard he had been set free. And, and he, I said, Dick, what are you doing here? He goes, man, what are you doing? The Lord led me here. And I, I said, you know what? We didn't even talk with a small talk. I just asked him straight up. I said, "Dick, I got a question for you. Is it boring?" He goes, "No, man. It ain't boring." Now, now to this day, people being, ask me being sober. Yeah, people. Well, yeah. people ask me, well, you ask about Jesus or being sober?" Huh. I said, "I don't know. Probably, maybe both. You know, yeah. but yeah. but but it was being straight. You know, and." And then I asked him all these questions. I said, is it boring? You know, I I mean, I went on and on, Mm. but only he was my match. We had both done cocaine at the same time started. We had switched to crack at the same time in early 2000. We had been very functioning addicts, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but we were the same age, Mm. everything matched. So I respected what he, you know, you mean you got help and you made it through. Tell me all about it. I just, I couldn't get enough of him.
0: Yeah, you know, that finally he goes. Match.
1: Yeah, that was my hope match. Yeah. When you see on this on my platform, you just go Krush. to get a hope match. You get it would, your, your age and I found out your age and the commonality, the drug commonality, right. because mm-hmm. you can get closer. It doesn't have to be, you know, someone in Texas versus someone in New York. a Drugs a drug; it yeah. affects you exactly the yeah, same. Literally. Exactly the, the what it manifests to. It's the same for everybody. It don't yeah. matter what what color your skin is. It doesn't no. matter where you live. Not, no matter. No, you know, you know that from being Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and so, 100%. so, you know, you, when we talked about this, David, the those hope matches, if I'm an addict, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go get them access codes. We're going to tell you where to get them when that thing first launches and it, they, they help this thing. Now that God brought me these pieces, since I met with you and, uh, Is that three, four months ago? Yeah. A few months ago. ago, If I said it would take another hour to tell you all these pieces that we were missing then that had to be filled in. And these are pieces that already existed in this country. But they, but God brought them out to you. One of them was a lady. I'll tell you, one of the parts, there's, this, there's some help on there. These are written, they're called keys. Mm-hmm. And these keys are biblical things for wounds that you have that's from mm-hmm. the Bible. She had written them over the course of 37 years. Wow. And she said she couldn't get them out there. She had no way to get them out there. And God said, be patient. He, I will bring them to you. Wow. And she see me at an event, and she goes, you're, you're that guy. And I mean, I got goosebumps. I'm going, I'm going, you know. And I knew it was just divine. It was another divine appointment that God keeps bringing me, divine appointments. And, and it all started when uh, he brought me a Kendra as a divine appointment in 2014. Yeah, I read about that too.
0: <laughs> Kendra's over here on the side praying for us right now. Amazing information. Uh, make sure you tune in to the next episode where we're going to get into more about the president, what's at stake for this current election, why this 2020 election is so important, And what will happen, depending on either way it goes, you're not gonna wanna miss that episode. Absolutely won't wanna miss it.